Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we are going to explore some, some fascinating new work in the, in the field of medicine and a new facility over at the main campus of Sanford Health that, known as Imaginetics. And we're going to be talking about genetics and genetic uh, application in your healthcare with Dr. Cassie Hayek. She is Director of Clinical Services and Education for Sanford Imaginetics. Dr. Hayek, thank you for giving us some time out of your day today. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. I should say we are uh, on location out at uh, Sanford uh, headquarters out here on north side of town, northeast, northwest Sioux Falls. No, northeast Sioux Falls. I always get those yeah. mixed up. Way <laughs> out do. here by the interstate, and it's a it's a pleasure to get out of the office on occasion. So, Dr. Hayek, um, the uh, Sanford uh, is opening soon the new Imaginetics building at 22nd and Grange. Uh, it is a fantastic facility. Why does Sanford need uh, a, a specific genetics, imaginetics area? So Sanford um, has really taken this uh, strong approach to start to help to incorporate more genetics into medicine. And um, the reason for the building as it is, and really the name too, I mean, Sanford um, Imaginetics is internal medicine genetics kind of smooshed together. And um, the reason for that is that we know a lot more about genetic contribution to disease than we have in the past, um, but also we're able to, um, there's more testing accessible and available to patients um, so that we can actually find out if there is a genetic contribution to an individual's disease. But the reason for internal medicine is you know, patients are going to come to their primary care physician if they have a concern for a genetic condition. That's probably going to be the first person they go to. That's the person that they trust. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really wanted to emphasize that component of it. But then bringing genetics into the, the same location, the same building, um, to make that, if there is a concern for a genetic condition, to make that something that's readily available to the, the patient. Um, and also just to increase awareness of the c contribution of genetic disease. So that's, you know, that's, that was the main reason for, for putting the two together. Yeah, and this is a, a beautiful new building. It, at some measure, raises the uh, profile of genetics in everyday medicine. Yeah. That's kind of a... Yeah. a it, you know, says, well, this is really a big dang deal. Yeah. Um, what sorts of, when you talk about uh, uh, genetic uh, uh, diseases, for lack of a better term, what are you talking about? What, what sorts of afflictions are do, or do you deal with? So um, it's, a, it's a wide variety, and I should probably start by saying, you know, tip, historically, when um, genetic disease is was recognized, it was more often in pediatrics, because that's where many things would present. Mm -hmm. um, a, a new child is born and you can see that, you know, maybe they're affected with a particular condition. Um, but as we've better understand, better understood our, um, uh, what's, what's normal in, in genes, what sort of genetic contribution there is to particular cancers and other neurologic conditions, uh, cardiovascular disease, many, many different kinds of, uh, conditions, and we can test for them, um, that we're starting to recognize things like that that present in adulthood. And so that's kind of why internal medicine made, made, made good sense. And so these are things like, for example, Lynch syndrome. Lynch syndrome is a hereditary colon cancer predisposition. And it's important to know if someone has a genetic um, 
mutation that causes Lynch syndrome because then we can screen for um, colon cancer or other cancers that are associated with uh, Lynch syndrome like endometrial cancer. Um, we, we often use cancer as an example because it, it's it, that's more familiar to, to people, but there are also neurologic conditions that, you know, may have an adult onset um, where, you know, at age 40 you start developing weakness and it continues to progress mm-hmm. and it's not clear, you know, why did that happen uh, just sort of out of the blue. And, and now we have better knowledge of what genes might have contributed to that, and we can do genetic testing to help identify the actual genetic causes. There is one, and I should say, you know, there isn't always an identifiable cause, but we know more now than we have ever before, and we continue to grow our knowledge Mm -hmm. to be able to look for a genetic mutation that may lead to a neurologic condition, cardiac condition, et cetera. Uh, We're talking with Dr. Cassie Hayek. She is Director of Clinical Services and Education for Sanford Imaginetics, um, which is a wonderful title, by the way. That's a, that's a big one. That's got like a two-carter, right? You know, <laughs> here's the first part, here's the second part. Yeah. Um, so we are, when you talk about, uh, sometimes we think about these uh, genetic uh, predispositions as being, you know, sort of rare uh, uh, pediatric issues. But really, um, we're, if I have a, a, a history of cardiac uh, uh, problems, uh, heart problems in my family, it could be because I have a genetic predisposition to uh, uh, a build up in my, you know, of, of uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, just stuff the, in your heart. The, you yeah, know, like the, the plaque in the, your vessels. Yeah, yes, you could have a predisposition exactly. to that, yes, right? Yes, exactly. And so these things, um, you know, we know there's a genetic pre part of heart disease because it runs in families. So right mm-hmm. there, that's evidence that there's there's some genetic component. We're, we're kind of just starting to learn about how we can actually evaluate the genetic piece of that in, in people and test for those markers. That's more of a, a research um, piece of the puzzle, um, but it's kind of rapidly making its way towards the clinical setting. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, you have you do have people who have conditions like familial hypercholesterolemia, which mm-hmm. is a is a mouthful, but basically that's exactly what you just stated. They yep. have a predisposition to having a, a plaque buildup because of this high level of cholesterol in their blood, right. which leads to heart disease and earlier than most. And so it's important to I, be able to identify those individuals. And sometimes just looking at your cholesterol levels won't necessarily identify that. And having the genetic test to be able to evaluate for that can can really pinpoint that kind of a diagnosis. And then it can be as easy as just changing your diet. It can be as easy as changing your diet. And in many of these cases, um, there's probably some additional medication that would, would be added to mm-hmm. the, the routine, plus additional, additional screening. And, um, you know, historically we didn't always advocate for genetic testing in, in people with things like um, right. familial hypercholesterol even because of the cost. Um, but that cost has plummeted rapidly, and that's what makes this sort of testing a lot more applicable or broadly applicable, I would say, um, and accessible to people. How many different... Maybe this is an unanswerable question, but so there's, there's Lynch syndrome or... Uh, you know, your bu- cholesterol buildup, how many things can you test for? So it's a great question, and the answer is we don't know. You know, you know, there's so, there are so many things out there. Um, and the way, in general, we approach genetic testing when someone 
is affected with a um, a condition where we're we were, where we think there might be a genetic um, component is that we look at the individual and we determine you know what kind of features do they have and and what genetic syndromes or conditions match up with that and then mm-hmm. we can and then we can do we can pick a set of genes to um, to evaluate that. I mean, so you're talking about I come in and you say, Mr. Lally, it's great to see you. Um, who are you? Where are you from? What are your family makeup? Um, sort of some of your heritage issues, yes. race, ethnicity, yep. all yep. those things. Yep. And then you try and narrow it down from there. Yeah, yeah. And um, the most common approach is for someone who is affected with a condition that they're looking for the mm-hmm. answers about. And then we would then we could pursue genetic testing if it's, if it's appropriate. There's starting to be room for preemptive screening from a genetics perspective. So um, the probably the most likely area that that's, well, the most common area that happens now is with like pharmacogenetic testing. Um, you have to tell us what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Another mouthful. Um, pharmacogenetic testing really is a way to evaluate how an individual's genetic makeup affects the way they metabolize or process medications. Mm-hmm. So, um, whether and, and, and for some medications, it can help determine if you need more of a dose than someone mm-hmm. or less of a dose. Because before, you would, you would start taking something, and if it worked... You might give them more, you might mm-hmm. give them less. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a trial and error situation. Yeah, 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 and exactly. That's kind of how people describe this, that using pharmacogenetic testing can help us to to kind of move away, move a little bit away from that trial and error, from that trial and error component. Um, and so that really is, a, is one area where preemptive testing, because having that information before you start a medication mm-hmm. is, is a lot more helpful than starting the medication and then doing the mm-hmm. testing. So... Um, you know, it's that's that's a good preemptive application. It's important to know, though, with pharmacogenetic testing, is that it's not like you do this test and it tells you you should be on this medication and this one, and you should um, you know avoid these different types of medications. It's really to help with figuring out um, for a set of medications where we have good evidence. That's yeah. a key piece of it. Um, what what dose might be appropriate, and is there a medication in a given class that might be a better choice just because of the processing the body does with the metabolism? This mostly relates to how our liver processes these yeah. medications. Yeah. We're here with Dr. Cassie Hayek. She is Director of Clinical Services and Education for Sanford Imaginetics. And we're going to come right back. We're going to talk more about this really uh, uh, interesting and and fascinating line of of medicine in our community. So stay right there. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.